Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. And may God bless this reading of his word. And that last verse, that's exactly what we want to do this morning. We want to, in our words, in our actions this morning, to show that we are incredibly thankful to God for what he has done for us in this last year. And I personally know of so many things that I'm not at liberty to share with you, but those people can, where God has done great things for us. So I encourage you, if you've got a word of encouragement, something that will build us up and strengthen us in our faith, that will show that God is is alive amongst us. Please uh, stand up. We're going to have Judy and Ken uh, with a couple of mics. Um, they'll come and they'll give you this mic and you can share with us exactly what God's done. And do not be shy. It might only be a simple thing, but uh, we'd love to hear what God's done for you in 219. Thank you, Janet. I always love sharing time. Amen. <laughs> and also... I'd like to say thank you to everyone here because I love this church and I love the people in it. Um, I became a Christian this year, no, this coming year, 60 years. Wow. And, in, and, in those six, and as soon as I became a Christian, God had to start work on me. I had a long way to go and I still do, but I want to praise him for the everyday things that he does. He loves to bless us. He has to teach us lessons, but he loves to bless us. Amen. And I was just thinking, one of the wonderful things, one of the wonderful things he does, sometimes I get very angry. And while I'm angry, I have to say, I don't want to say this, Lord, but I don't want this. Please take it away. I give it to you. And pretty soon I've got peace. That's such a good thing. Excellent. Thank you, Lord. No worries. Thank you. Thanks, Jenna. I'm sure the Lord's doing more. Believe it or not, this is hard for me, but God has laid my heart. Um, I'm just so blessed to be part of the music team and to be part of it, especially this morning with beautiful young people. Amen. And just the families and how they're bringing up their children and the love of God. Mm. I'm really blessed to see their behaviour and just how they're so well-mannered and, you know, it just shows how... God must be part of their house, you know? Yep. So bless you all, families. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Up the back. Um, praise the Lord. I've got two things quickly. First of all, um, God used my wife and I to save um, our cousin. Hmm. And we just God's hands and feet. <laughs> We know the Holy Spirit did the work, and we are very humbled by that. Amen. Secondly, uh, this is a miracle in my opinion. 
I have an old BMW, 20 years old. I've got a phone call from BMW Australia. They recalled my car <laughs> because of the um, driver's side uh, airbag was faulty. And they said, stop driving, car will be towed. I said, how am I going to travel? They said, take an Uber. <laughs> I said, all good. Um, the next day they said, your car, the, the, S, the airbags are faulty. So they said, I've got two options. They'll give me around close to 4,000 for my car. Uh, buy it away, uh, buy it, it's 20 years old. Oh, I said, uh, what's the second option? And this is a miracle. They'll give me a hired car for up to two years. Wow. Um, depending whichever comes first. If they can fix the car, they will fix it because the manufacturers have closed down. So God has blessed us with a car. Unlimited kilometers, just pay the petrol. And I've got my rego back from my old car. I've got my insurance back. That's a miracle. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Was it your cousins that were recently baptized too? Yeah, so in the last baptismal service, you saw their cousins be baptized. That was awesome. Thank you. Um, I just want to thank the prayer warriors in this church. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank you for your prayers. On Father's Day, I fell and fractured my hip, and I had to have a new hip. And I thank Lord for doctors and nurses and uh, even the kitchen staff. <laughs> <laughs> And I want to especially thank you for my wonderful husband. He's done so much for me. Uh, so thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. First of all, I'd like to uh, thank the Lord that I can stand here today. Amen. Six months ago, or more than six months ago, I couldn't walk. I lost the use of my right leg because then I was diagnosed to have okay. I diagnosed to have cancer in the my kidney as a primary and then at the secondary in my hip bones. And that's why I lost the use of my right leg. And through that period God has worked miracles for me in every way. The hip was so painful. My legs were so painful at night. I couldn't settle down. Even though I sang out loudly the hymns that all I know, and the pain still didn't go away. And then I got a friend who I could ring, and I rang him, and he prayed for me. And then I'll have a good night's sleep without pain. Amen. God has been so good. They arrange all the things with the doctors and so on, specialists, and they just woke up so, um, everything fit together so quickly. Mm. So I, I want to have my immunotherapy uh, almost straight away. And another miracle is that God has given me the free treatment Yes. As you know, immunotherapy is very expensive. But the doctors say because of my, the combination of cancers in my body, that they said, going to give me a trial. 
And so the, for the trial treatment, he said, it cost me nothing. God had made the arrangement for me. And all this time, and then the immunotherapy helped me, able to heal my, the cancer in the bones, and I will have to walk. Amen. And slowly it was very good. And doctor said it was very good. But then I developed a side effect of the immunotherapy. So I got pain in my shoulder, neck, and arms, and still got a bit of that now. But, <clears throat> so doctor said, we'll stop the immunotherapy, so that he will consult his team. So then the team decided that I should have a um, surgery for my kidney to take out the cancer. And so before I went to the hospital for the cancer treatment, for, for, for the surgery, one morning I was doing my devotion. And in the middle of my prayer, I stopped. I said, God, I've said a lot. Now, what do you like to say to me today? Mm-hmm. And the thoughts of the verse came to my mind. said, I have begun a good work in you. Mm-hmm. I'll bring it to completion in Christ Jesus. Amen. And then, I follow that, I read the scripture. And that day, I start on Philippians chapter 1. And come to verse 6, it says, Paul said, Be confident of this. That, I, that he who has begun the good work in you will bring it to completion in Christ Jesus. Say, Amen. yes, God, you confirm it again. Amen. And then, just before I went into surgery two weeks ago, and I received my first Christmas card. And in that, the same verse says, I have begun the good work in you. You bring it to completion in Christ Jesus. So I went to the hospital more than two weeks ago for kidney operation, and I had perfect peace. Amen. And thank God for that. Amen. And I recovered very quickly. And now that I, I'm still undergoing a little bit of radiotherapy, but I know that God is going to heal me. Awesome. Because thank you very much. Because he's healing God. Thank you yeah, very thank much you. for all your prayers. I know that church has prayed for me. Many friends have prayed for me. I thank you very much. Thank you. No worries. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Margaret, and this is my husband to be Don. We're going to be married here next Saturday. And we, we would like to thank you for being such a warm, welcoming, loving church. Uh, I come from Harvey Bay, and we had to find a new church. My husband-to-be is from here. But um, it was with some trepidation that you enter a new church. But before we'd even got out of the car, Charlie smiled at us. We didn't know he was the minister here. And as we walked in, we continued to get smiles. And I said to Don, this is going to be our church. This is going to be our new family. (laughs) And ever since, in the last few months that we've been attending, we've experienced such kindness such goodness and such generosity that we want to say thank you that we've found a wonderful new home where the Lord is really at work and he is at work in your lives because it, it, it's illustrated in the way that you smile and you're welcoming and you're so loving. So thank you and I thank the Lord that we found you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. 
Good morning, everybody. My English is little, but I think Holy Spirit is going to help me. My name is Jackson. I'm here in Australia. I'm a new here in Australia. Mm -hmm. I have uh, all my family here. I have six children and one wife. <laughs> I thank God to give me opportunity to come for this church. Mm -hmm. I think since I came here in Australia, I pray God to show me where I'm going to worship him. I think the, the end of this year, in the months of the, this month, God show me this church. That's why I'm here. I thank God to give me the, a new friend and the brothers and sisters to this church in Jesus Christ. I think I will be here in this church because he's a God show me. Let our God be praised. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Good morning. Um, my name is Wesley, and uh, 20, 2019 has a lot for me to be thankful for, including an, um, another beautiful child. Uh, thank you. But um, when I saw that, it was a thanks. I'll move. It. Everyone's turning their heads. <laughs> um, in 2000, oh, sorry. Uh, when I when I saw that there was um, a Thanksgiving service, I, f I felt like God put in my heart to share something else that happened quite a, many years ago, which um, you know I haven't really. I don't think I've told too many, enough people about. Um, I was uh, about seven years ago out for, uh, mountain biking with some friends um, and being, you know, adventurous, younger, um, and I was riding pretty hard, and what happened next, I, I couldn't really remember, um, but I woke up on the ground, uh, looking, like, on the ground, looking at the ground, um, wasn't able to move, I wasn't able to sit up, I wasn't able to, to breathe, I was making a, a strange croaking noise that I couldn't control. Um, and uh, I couldn't breathe, and I was uh, lying there what felt like eternity, just making a, a horrible noise from my throat, not breathing and just staring at the ground. Um, and as I lay there, not breathing, thinking, when's this next breath going to come? It's just not coming, it's just not coming, I can't move. I realized, well, I don't know, I can't do anything right now, I'm helpless. Um, is, is that next breath even going to come? Is maybe, maybe this is it. And all I could do was cry out to God. There was nothing else I could do. I couldn't, I couldn't say anything to my friends who were rushing by to come see me. They did their best, but they couldn't do anything. And I thought, well, okay, well, all I can do is just cry to Jesus. And, mm -hmm. and you know, if, if that next breath comes, please, God, that's what I need. All I need is, you know, to, to well, what's going to happen next? Um, but my life is in your hands, God, no matter what happens. And obviously, you know, that next breath did come and, and praise God, you know, that was just um, such, such a relief. But I, I, was, I felt at that point, you know, my whole life just kind of flashed before as it really just did happen, you know, in that moment. Um, and I was so desperate for God. So I sat there and I, I was still unable to, to move. Uh, my friends propped me up um, and um, I, I didn't know I was, if I, was like, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't sit up, I couldn't raise an arm, I, I just, I was semi-paralyzed for, for quite a bit there and I was just, just once again just praying to God like what have I done Lord you know I just need you and the next thing that happened just shows God's faithfulness because out of nowhere a rider came another guy came up to me hey you guys okay what's going on here 
And he saw me there, and he goes, hey, I know you're hurt. Let me pray for you. And this guy just came and he prayed for me. <laughs> and just, God is just so faithful that Amen. it came out of nowhere. And yeah, it's so awesome. And um, yeah, the, yeah, and um, yeah, ambulance came and because yeah, that rider said, I'll go try and find the ambos and lead him this way. And the ambos came and I'm like, oh, did you see this guy? And Ryan's like, no. <laughs> so his name was David. So anyway, so yeah. Um, yeah and anyway, that's just something I'm really thankful for. And God, he's just so faithful. Hey, Amen. That's awesome. So good. <clears throat> I'm bit shy to speak, but I'm Sushil Prakash. I come from Hindu background, and but I'm Christian for a long time. And I meet a lot of Hindu. I want you to pray for me. When I meet them, I can lead to the Lord. And I thank you for this church, the way they welcome to everybody. God bless, and I'm proud to be part of this church. Thank, thank you. you, Lord. Thank you so much. Hello, my name is Rilla. Um, some of you will know that we had two of our grandchildren living with us for um, a while, some time ago now. But um, we've been, they were baptised here in the church and um, the youngest one now is going to church. Um, God, God gave her a Christian boyfriend and so she started going to church. That's a wonderful answer to prayer. I just want to let you know that. And the older one of the two is considering going to church. So thank you those of you who have been praying for them. And um, I've been away recently and I um, went to an aged care facility in Queen Bean, which is near Canberra, and um, God used me there to, um, to help some Christian, Christian women there who were working there and were experiencing conflict. And um, we were able to sort that problem out and also just even to... Um, to be able to pray with one of the residents who was very old and wanted to die, mm. and just to hear her say thank you for praying for me. But um, we've had a lovely little um, joy in our life. Uh, we, we did lose our little dog, Billy, in the 1st of July, and um, he couldn't live any longer. But um, we didn't have any sense of wanting to have another dog um, for any length of time because Billy was very special. But we, as before we came home, we had a couple of weeks holiday and as we were driving along one day, I found myself saying to Adrian, if I see a stray dog today, I'm taking it home. <laughs> and so, I don't know, the Lord just laid it on my heart that um, I needed, I wanted, you know, I should look for another dog. So, but every time I saw a dog, it had a lead on, so it was very disappointing. <laughs> Anyway, the day I got home, in the evening, I had a message from my nephew who said that this dog needed um, a good home, that the owner wasn't able to find a home for it and that, um, um, and that it would, um, he had advertised it for sale. So I sent a message back saying we couldn't afford to buy a dog but that if the owner was willing, we'd be very willing to give it a good home. And Adrian said to me, what are you doing? And I, <clears throat> I said, I'm just looking at this picture of a dog and I didn't say any more. 
The next day, the dog wasn't available. It was being trialled somewhere else. And then the next day, the second of this month, um, uh, my nephew said, Auntie Rill, the dog's available now. He's coming around this evening. <laughs> so the dog came and um, we now have Winston living with us. But the amazing thing is that I, the next day, after I'd sent a message to the owner to say that Winston had settled okay and had a good night's sleep and so forth, he sent a message back and said that my nephew had said to him that we are church people. And he said, we are church people too. And I sent a message back to say, isn't God amazing that he laid it on my heart to have another dog and that he had been trying all this time to get a dog and needed to get an, a, um, a, a place. And he was so pleased that it's come to a Christian home. God had prepared for him and prepared for us. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Luba. And um, I just want to share and praise God for truly his wisdom and guidance in uh, my life and in, in the life of our family. That for years I was looking, I felt a hunger. Um, hunger to know God more and more because he's so vast and uh, uncontainable and, and just amazing, wise God. So, and uh, the Lord, uh, every year, every month, he was preparing it. Uh, now I see uh, how sort of step by step organizing uh, everything in the life that... I would find a wonderful uh, home group, growth group with um, Matthew and Judy Scott uh, because I'm a nurse and uh, my nursing is a shift work. So the Lord um, helped me to organize even my shift work that I will be able to attend uh, weekly this wonderful growth group that it's truly growth for me, growth in uh, knowing Lord and uh, finding the true the truth um, about him and the true gospel, but mostly I see that his unconditional love is just spread through this wonderful people. I'm uh, every week there, and it's not just with the um, with the group. We um, I found support in everyday life, and um, it's just so wonderful because I'm very family oriented person, and I. Um, I think of this church as my family too, and all my Russian family is far, far away. So, <laughs> but God just bless me, <laughs> bless me unconditional with enriching these Christian families through the growth groups through the church. Just amazing how it's all work. And uh, one time David invited me to his event and saying, "Oh, maybe you can miss the growth group," and I said, "I don't think it's." There's anything so attractive in the whole world, even if it's Queen of England will invite me. Sorry, I will tell Her Majesty, I can't. <laughs> so, yeah, because truly to be embraced by the Lord uh, through all these people uh, and uh, go deeper in His, um, in his teaching, in His word, in, in His nature just amazing so Amen. i thank god for everything would happen in 2019 it was just a new step new door open i praise god yep. amen. amen amen thank you thank, thank you, you.
Hi, good morning. My name is Devon Chu. I was born and bred in Fiji of Chinese heritage. Um, in Fiji, it's very tropical, as most of you would know. So part of my growing up was heavily involved in sporting activities. And one of them was scuba diving and spearfishing. I never bought fish in Fiji. I speared my own. And um, during that 18 years of diving, I experienced many mishaps. Mishaps like being caught in a squall and uh, not seeing land and not knowing exactly which way to go. We could go into, you know, away from the islands. So we were swayed by common sense rules where we, what we had to do was we were too deep to anchor. So I saw beacons. I said, let's head to the beacon and tie our anchor rope to the beacon and ride out this storm. And uh, it happened twice. We got back safely and managed to survive. But I did scuba dive in about 110 feet of water. And I dived a bit too early after lunch and had uh, a running tummy wanting to you know, belch up. So at 110 feet, I had to think, what am I going to do if I vomit in this depth of water, take the regulator out, take a breath of air, and try to survive? But I knew that I wouldn't survive because once I take the regulator out, the first mouthful of uh, air will breathe back a lot of water in the regulator and I will choke and drown. I managed to keep my stomach subdued and told my instructor, we gotta go, I'm feeling sick. And we surfaced up to the top. At 66 feet, you have to decompress. 33 feet, you have to decompress. And I could see the surface of the water after the second decompression. And I paddled very swiftly. And before you hit the water, you must exhale every lung of air out. Otherwise, if you don't, when you hit the surface and let that air out, both your lungs will burst. So. I breathe, I breathe all the air out underwater, hit the surface, and then I belted everything that churned in my stomach. I managed to survive that. So what made me able to survive those incidents? I'm a very staunch Christian. I believe that God is with us here today and every day of our lives. In all those instances when I did uh, experience those mishaps, God gave me the strength to think clearly what to do for myself and for my mates. If I wasn't there, my mates did lose their boat, it capsized, and they had to swim 10 miles back to shore, but they survived. So these are the things that I believe God had strong influence in me, knowing that I, I loved God, I trusted him, and whatever I have any issues or trouble, I know he's going to give me the strength to get out of trouble and to get myself back into safety. So those are very young, uh, foolish days that I went through, spearfishing, but I always observed the laws and regulations, doing things safely without being stupid, and we have survived that. It was about six life and death situations I got out, and I would like to thank God for giving me the strength to overcome each and every situation of those tragic events I experienced. Amen. So God is in my life and God is in everyone's life. You just got to trust in him 
and believe he will give you clear thinking to get you out of trouble. Thank Amen. you. Amen. Maybe one more if we've got one more. Oh, hand up the back. I'm Kerry Johnson, for those that don't know me. And for the past year or so, I've been working with my daughter to try and get her to acknowledge that she has the, the self-esteem and love to leave a DV relationship. And about six weeks ago, my daughter actually left that relationship. So for those that know anything about that, leaving is the hardest part, but it's also the easiest part because now she's got the journey ahead of trying to overcome all the obstacles of the children wanting their daddy and trying to explain to them why they're not living with daddy anymore, why they're three and a half hours away, that sort of thing. But the blessings of God is that they're at my house at the moment, all three noisy children under five years of age and my daughter. So they're looking at the prospect of finding a place somewhere around here and accompanying me to church. Amen. So that's a blessing that God's given me that my daughter and my grandchildren have become safe from that violence. Excellent. Excellent. Praise God. That's great. Well, thank you very much for everyone who shared. We'll, we'll bring that part of our service to a close now. And uh, I'll bring a short message uh, based on the passage of Scripture that we've just looked at. And uh, I think I, I want to keep that attitude of thankfulness. And I want you to think about the things that were shared and uh, think about the things that God does in your life. And it's a good habit to develop if every night before you go to sleep, uh, I always ask God to bring to mind the things that he's done. And uh, it's really encouraging when you begin to do that. At first, it becomes a, it's quite difficult sometimes to think about what God has done, but then it becomes easier and easier. And you can see his hand all through your day. And uh, it's been an incredible blessing for me, even over this period, the number of you who've contacted me and have just wanted to share and discuss things with me. And uh, it's such a blessing to do this journey with you. But we're entering a new year. And uh, so many people make what is called New Year's resolutions at this time of year. And they are very rarely kept. There's two people who just made it quite obvious that happens frequently in their relationship. I won't embarrass them, but um, it'd be interesting to hear their story. But today, I want you to think about all that the Lord has done for you. I want you to think about what he's done for us as a people of God as well. The people he's raised up, those who are faithfully serving, the lives that have been transformed as a result of faithful people serving in ministry here. And some of these people aren't even in positions that are recognised. They're serving behind the scenes. They're quietly uh, reaching out to those around them. And our passage this morning says, put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And these people are the ones that Paul's speaking about here. These people that are having impact at STBSP are exactly these people that Paul is speaking about to the Colossians. They are the holy and beloved. They are the ones that are chosen of God. They are the ones who have recognized Jesus as their Lord and Savior and don't have to tell you that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. It's clearly evident in how they live and how they conduct themselves and how they interact with others. They are compassionate. 
They are kind, they are humble, they are meek, they are patient, they are tolerant and they are forgiving. They have put to death their old selves and they're now living for Jesus. And their agenda is to elevate God. They don't really care about their own lives anymore. They want God to be honoured and glorified. They are in submission to Jesus. Every part of our life, every part, is about choices. At some stage, we heard the story of Jesus. We heard about how he came to earth as a baby, how he grew as a man, how he went to that cross, died upon that tree, and three days later, he rose to life, life eternal. And now he's standing at the right hand of God, interceding for us. At some stage, you chose whether to believe that or not. We chose whether to accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour or reject him. We chose whether we're going to be obedient to him or not. And if we're chosen to follow Jesus as Lord and Saviour, then in the context of this passage, we should be choosing our behaviour. And that behaviour should be a standout. It should be so counter to the world that people look at us and wonder what we're doing, why we're doing what we do. And so much of what was shared this morning indicates that people have seen that here at SDBC. We should put on the attitude of Christ. But so often it seems the behaviour and the attitude of so many is more like that of the world. The attitude more in line with their old selves, the one that they should have put to death. We need to realise we are living, breathing ambassadors and advertisements for Jesus and a life lived for him. We should be living lives that reflect the very nature of Jesus. And we're called to put that on. First and foremost, there's kindness, and this involves being sensitive towards others and genuinely caring for them, understanding how they are feeling in any given situation and loving them anyway. We're told to be humble or show humility, and this is a willingness to serve others without any thought of being recognised for the work that we're doing or to be honoured for it. It's a humility that allows us to seek only a reward in heaven from our Heavenly Father on that day and not to receive or seek the approval or praise of man. We're called to put on gentleness. And this is the ability to speak into situations with the acknowledgement that every one of us is on a journey. We're at different parts along that journey, different points. And so those who are more advanced should be seeking to encourage and strengthen those who are a little further back on the path. Gentleness allows us to speak into the lives of each one, where they're at, at any given situation or conflict, so that when we finish speaking with them, We've treated them with God's grace and we've moved them a little bit closer to him. They feel encouraged and strengthened. Patience is the ability to bear with those trying people who often lash out at us for no reason. We accept them where they're at and leave any vengeance or revenge to God. It's not our place and we'll continue to be patient. And all of these virtues we've been told to put on by Paul, the very things that allow us to bear with one another and forgive each other. Paul acknowledges that we still sin as Christians. And in the midst of this struggle, what the sinners so often need is someone who is Christ-like in forgiving them and when they get to the point of seeing their own sin. Forgiving people is empowering to them, but it's also empowering to you. It's incredibly empowering to the unity of our church too and something that we so desperately need. We need to be brought together as a people of God. And the last virtue we are called to put on is love. 
as it says, when we put on love, the love that is from Christ, it binds all things together and it's in perfect harmony. And Paul's major concern has always been for the unity of believers. And so in putting on all of these virtues, if we have love as the primary focus, then we will be united as believers, regardless of our cultural heritage, regardless of our social status, regardless of our religious background. It's a love that bonds us as a community of people, as a community of believers. And when this love is functioning correctly, we will be one body, we will be fully united, we will function in that way, and we'll know peace. And that's what's talked about in Colossians 15 to 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful, a word that's repeated frequently through this passage. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We're called to allow the peace of God to rule in our hearts and to be thankful. I want you to be honest with yourself right now. As you sit here, as you hear my voice, can you honestly say the peace of God is ruling in your hearts? Can you say the peace is so great in your life, this peace of God that rules you is so great that you desire and are determined to do all you can to bring the body of Christ together, to bring unity to this place? And in the midst of that, to be 100% thankful for each and every person that's here to see them as part of the body, a necessary part of the body, a body that needs to be encouraged and strengthened and built up regardless of what role they play. I believe there are many of us that aren't thankful like that. I believe there are people here who don't experience peace. And I believe it's because they're not content with their lives and they're looking for contentment and satisfaction in the wrong places. They're looking for that contentment and fulfillment and satisfaction in people. They're looking for it in places. They're looking for it in things. They're looking for it in getting acknowledgement from people, what people think of them, what people say about them, the position and status that they hold. But these things will never provide what they truly need or want. I want you to consider one very misrepresented passage of scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's an incredible passage of scripture and it's one that I'm sure all of you know a great deal. And the type of misrepresentation I'm talking about is very similar to this. Please do not tell Pastor Darrell I used this in his absence. Tim Tebow, you can see under his eyes, oh, maybe you can't read it, but he's been known that uh, on the black um, paste they put under their eyes, he has Philippians 4.13 written under his eyes. And here's this thinking that as a quarterback, he can do all things through Christ who, sent, who, who strengthens him. He can make those touchdowns. He was a running quarterback though, so he was one of these guys who didn't pass a lot. He actually ran most of his passes. And he was saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is Sports Illustrated in 2009. And uh, Tim Tebow was known for this. He had this massive, huge fan base who could quote Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's interesting, but um, Tim Tebow was a bit of a failure as a quarterback, to be quite honest. 
because uh, he wasn't coached very well. He couldn't actually pass very well. He, he didn't succeed too much. As a running quarterback, he was very good. But he switched to baseball. His baseball career wasn't too successful either. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's one of the most popular verses in the Bible, but for all the wrong reasons. It's become like a talisman, printed on keychains, printed on mugs, printed on all sorts of little plugs, plaques, printed on T-shirts, phone cases, Tebow's face, all sorts of things. And so this has become an incantation, recited when an individual has needs that they can't meet themselves and they believe that they can call upon Christ by using this verse to help them pass that exam that they haven't, haven't studied for to help them achieve something that they've put no effort into at all, to help them defeat an enemy that they haven't um, really thought through, to overcome a difficult task. When it comes to finding the right partner, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When it comes to getting that job that I believe is rightfully mine, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When it comes to improving your relationship, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you need more money, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And there's pastors who even preach that. It's heresy. It is not true. And this verse is not about giving us the ability to play the best game we can or drawing extra power for whatever task we want. It's a verse about being content in each and every situation we're facing in life. Keep in mind that when Paul is writing this, he's actually in prison. He didn't write this verse to point what you can or cannot have. He wants you to know how rich, how rich we all are in Christ. Paul's whole point is that you can be content even if you don't have a cent to your name. Paul is writing to the church and he's saying, I really appreciate all that you've done for me. I really appreciate that you wanted to contribute to my needs here. I really appreciate that you gave this offering for me. But you know what? I was actually okay. I didn't need it. I was content with what I had. But thank you. Thank you so much. He says that when he had an abundance, he was content. When he had little or when he was hungry, he was still content. And Paul has learnt the foolishness of relying on outward circumstances and situations to control the choices he makes and to dictate his security. When he was free and warm and fed, he was fine. Now he's in jail with little hope of helping himself, he's fine. He has learnt that he will be content regardless of what anger circumstances he's facing but so many of us don't know or have that same contentment have you ever said or have you heard someone say if only I could get this job if only I could earn X amount of dollars if only I could keep my house if only I could find someone to spend my life with if only I was recognised for the leader and the abilities that I have. If only I could have kids. If only my kids would come home. The reality is, none of these things are going to give you contentment. None of these things are going to satisfy the way you think they will. And those who have always want more, if that's what they're pursuing.
The only way we can know true satisfaction is to submit fully to Jesus Christ. I've known so many people in truly terrible situations. And it's incredible. The ones that know Jesus in these incredibly difficult situations, terrible situations, are content. They're happy. Because they know that Christ holds them and holds them close. He is everything to them. Nothing else matters. They have submitted fully to him. And they, like Paul, face their difficulties, difficulties and struggles with grace and quiet confidence. Because in living for Jesus, they know and endure because they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. They can face another day. And they have a hope for the future, a hope which isn't about the things on this earth, a hope which is eternal, a hope which sees them standing in God's presence one day. And these people, the ones with the struggles, the ones who seem to be nothing, who hang on to Jesus, are going to be the ones closer to the throne come that day. They're going to have an awesome reward because their trust and faith and confidence is in him alone. It is this attitude that allows them to live out the last part of the Colossians passage we looked at. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. When we act in someone's name, we are not only representing them, but we've been empowered by them. We've been given permission by them, the authority by them. And that's who we are as Christians. What Paul is saying here is take some time to think about what you are doing and ask yourself, can I really be doing this in representing Jesus? Can I really be saying I'm doing this in Jesus' name? And am I honouring and glorifying him in these pursuits? This is a check for all of us to make now. A check for all of us to make as we head into 2020. Is everything we're doing honouring God? Is everything we're doing here in church honouring God? Is everything we're doing in our workplaces honouring God? Is everything we're doing in our homes honouring God? Everything at school, everything at university, in the various communities and social groups that we're involved in, do we always honour God? And in the midst of that, as we honour him, do we give thanks to him for each and every situation? The centre of our Christian living, living, sorry, is that grateful worship in all that we do. Our lives should be filled with gratitude towards Jesus, whether we are taking part in manual work, raising a family, writing a book, playing tennis, whatever it is, we should do so with grateful hearts. We should be thankful to our Lord and Saviour. And all we have, all we are, is a result of Jesus' completed work on the cross. Nothing else. It's because of him that we've been brought back into relationship with God, a right relationship with him. And for that, we should be truly thankful. As we head into 2020, we're going to be challenging you more and more to walk closer with Jesus. Today is a day where you can say, Lord, I haven't got it 100% correct. In fact, Lord, I've messed up a bit. But you and me, Lord, 2020, with your help, we're going to do great things. You and the Lord make four. Together, he can use you for his purposes, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And I encourage you to use this moment 
Use this day to recommit yourself to Christ and to follow him as you should. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for the purpose that you give us. I thank you, Lord, that in your kingdom there is no status. And Lord, there's no one here who should think any less of themselves than anyone else. You have a purpose and a reason for each one of us and I'm so abundantly blessed that you've elected to use me. And Lord, I know you can use every person here. You've called me as a pastor, but Lord, there's people here who are called as teachers. There's people here who are called as housewives, home husbands, all sorts of things, Lord, business executives and business owners. Lord, they are called for a purpose and a reason in those places. And in each and every place, Lord, we ask that you'll break down any division that we've created between our spiritual life and our work life, our spiritual life and our community lives, our spiritual lives and our lives with our neighbours, Lord. We want your name to be honoured and glorified in all that we do, every part of our lives, each and every day. And Lord, we want to ask for your forgiveness when we haven't done that. And Lord, we want to take this moment now to say we're sorry. And we want to take this moment to commit ourselves, our families and this coming year to you. Oh Lord, come and work amongst us even now, I pray. And Lord, I pray people will come forward if that's what you prompt them to do so that we can pray together and encourage each other and strengthen each other in the faith. Let us be truly thankful for who you are and all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.